Aleluia. And um, appreciate the presence of the Lord that's been here so mightily. Thank God for what we have already heard. So timely. So timely. So timely. Good to have my family with me. Glad my wife and three kids are here. And um, one of my brothers, he out the money of plane ticket and a motel room just to come hear me preach tonight. Be my amen corner over there. Hallelujah. Not really. There's a little love in the air. And uh, not before. I'll be back in July for a wedding. And uh, appreciate my brother and my family. If you've got your Bibles, Mark chapter 10, I give honor to all of the ministering brethren, the saints of God that are here, my elders, as Brother Booker's here, uh, Brother King already went back today, and um, those that were there last night after service, I believe I can speak for at least Brother Jackson and I, I appreciate Brother Holmes, Brother Parker, the things that you had to say last night, and Brother Booker, and I just went back to the room and laid there for the longest, moved in my spirit. I want to be right. I said, I want to be right. I don't want to just have right doctrine. I want to have a right spirit. And I don't want to just have a right relationship with God. I feel like if I have a right relationship with God, that I will pursue a right relationship with my brother. Well, I got three or four amens. Maybe I need to change my text here tonight. Back up. <clears throat> you know, we get, and, and I believe it, and I, I keep saying I'm going to quit prefacing, prefacing, because after 13 years, if, if you don't know what I believe, then, yeah, and I'm not going to move off that, but we, our candy stick is with, without holiness, no man shall seek God. But that's only a half, that's only half of that scripture. The first half of that scripture says to follow peace with all men. Oh, Brother Painter, maybe you should have just kept going. I've, I've got a tough crowd on my hands tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mark chapter 10.
And let's begin reading at about. I know you've been standing a while, so. Let's just begin reading with verse 35. Mark 10, chapter, 10th chapter, verse 35. <clears throat> and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. And he said unto them, Depends. Just like any good father would say. Depends. What is it that you want? And they said unto him, Grant unto us that we may set one on thy right hand and the other on thy left hand in thy glory. Jesus said unto them, You know not what ye ask. Can you drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said unto him, We can. And Jesus said unto them, Ye shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of. And with the baptism that I am baptized, with all shall you be baptized. I want to preach tonight. You that are from Calgary, I apologize. I um, <clears throat> did not know Monday night when I dove off into this and started swimming around the first time that It would grow in my spirit, and the seriousness of it would intensify. So I expect you to help me tonight as the Holy Ghost helps us. I want to preach tonight for a little while on the subject, the cup. The cup. The cup. <laughs> if you would, put your Bibles down and raise your hands and ask the Lord to talk to us. Come on, lift your voice and let's pray. Come on, lift your voice and let's pray. We need a word from God tonight. Come on, let's pray like apostolics. Come on, let's pray like apostolics. Come on. I want somebody to pray like you're hungry. I want somebody to pray like you're thirsty. Come on, pray like you're hungry. Somebody pray like you're thirsty. Alabahaya the Bosai. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. The place that I would like to jump in tonight is a setting where Jesus has found safety for the most part. He is in Galilee. And the Bible says that he steals himself. He sets his face to go to Jerusalem. There is resolve. It's time. It's a moment. He realizes within himself something clicks, something turns over. I don't know. I believe it is a self, it's just a self-assumption, but I believe it is a safe assumption that the scripture to word that he has set his face or that he has steeled himself or that resolve has come, that apparently in his flesh there has been a struggle. As God, in His foreknowledge, He knew the things that were about to transpire, but in His flesh, as a man, He is struggling with His purpose, His lot in life. But there comes a moment that He realizes, I can no longer struggle within. The time is now. And the Bible says that he steals himself. He sets his face towards Jerusalem. He takes that first step from that safe place that we know as Galilee and begins to journey southward. He goes through Samaria and he crosses the Jordan River. He finds himself in a place called Perea where there he camps out for a while. But I would like to draw a couple of things to your attention. This journey from Galilee to Jordan, through Samaria, across Jordan into Perea. There are some things that are spoken to the disciples. There is a dialogue. In fact, Scripture records that three separate times that he stops and he begins to converse with the disciples, trying to communicate to them where they are going and what is about to happen. He does not leave blindly. 
While I do agree with what Brother Urson preached so capably today, and I am so thankful for, I, I do know that his, his revelation is progressive. Just as it was with Abraham, as just as Brother Urson preached here today, it's a here a little and there a little. And as we walk forward, our eyes are open to things that we didn't know a few days before. He does not lead blindly. There are moments, we, we must recognize those moments. Our ears must be open when those moments happen. When eternity kisses the earth, whether it's in a summit conference, or whether it's on a Sunday night, and it's the voice of your burden pastor, you must pick up on those moments. You must realize that God is trying to speak something to you. We are going somewhere. We are on a journey. I don't want you to be surprised in totality when we get there. And, and so three separate times he, he turns from leading and he, and he strikes conversation with his disciples, the gospel writers record, and he begins to try to inform them to the best of his ability of his pending crucifixion. It's strange and peculiar to read the responses of the disciples in these three particular moments. Most all three times, in fact, he is rebuffed. One time he is rebuked. The disciples want nothing to do with this dying business. They don't want to entertain the thought that what they perceived in their mind as a kingdom wasn't exactly what he meant when he told us that he was coming to build a kingdom. They did not want to turn loose of him. They did not want to let him go. Just stay with me here for a few moments. They rebuffed him one time out of the three. They rebuked him. We don't want to talk about this dying stuff. We don't want to talk about this crucifixion stuff. We, 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 we don't want to think about you leaving us. We, we don't want to think about the absence of your presence. We, we, have become, uh, we have become to lean upon you very strong in these last three years. We have become very accustomed to walking hand in hand with you in the flesh. We don't want to hear about this dying business. We don't want to hear about this persecution business. We, we don't want to hear about the scourging and the beating and being rejected by your own people. Uh, 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 in fact, let's move and talk about something else. In fact, in our text, our text records one of these incidents, incidences out of the three. Mark chapter 10. In fact, this is very fresh and you just bear with me as we work through this. I promise you I'm going somewhere tonight. Uh, just a few days ago, I was just uh, in the midst of uh, normal day-to-day -day Bible reading. And I read this and backed up and read it again and, and, and backed up and read it again. And, and, and I realized that there was something going on here beyond just ego, uh, egotistic, uh, uh, egotistical maniacs. There, there was more going on here than just disciples who didn't get it they did get it they did get it they did get what he was saying and they got it they got it to the point that they they, they wanted to try to find a way to get around it 
I've always viewed this text as these are just arrogant disciples who still have trouble with their pride and ego. I, I've always viewed this as a couple of disciples that, uh, just, uh, that just had their mind made up that, hey, we want the limelight. And, and when you get to where you're going and you get in your glory, uh, can we be on your cabinet? I, I just thought that this was uh, politics in, in the, the fleshly makeup of these men. I, I've always accepted that because men can be political. And this is just the politicalness in the flesh uh, of us all that, that's showing up if it's not suppressed and we don't die out to it. And, and these guys, they just don't get it. That's the way I've always viewed this. They don't get it. They don't realize what the kingdom is about. They don't realize what is fixing to happen. They, 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 they don't even want to, they don't even want to think about what the next few days hold. But in reality there's more going on here than just a couple egomaniacs. In fact, it's two disciples that see it very well. This is the third time that they have heard him talk about persecution and trouble and being scourged and being beaten and a cross they made uh, they had heard this three times they did not they did not hear they did not choose to embrace what he said at the end he told them I am going to die but in three days three days I will rise again but they couldn't see the good news for seeing the bad news they could not they could not embrace the resurrection for refusing for refusing to accept the persecution and the crucifixion of their master are you with me right now i promise you I'm going somewhere, just stay with me. These were not three, these were not two ignorant disciples. In fact, if you will indulge me and just follow me here for a few minutes, I personally believe a new glimpse of this, a new angle at this. I believe this was two disciples that seen it very clearly. But I believe what they were asking is, Jesus, is there a way that we can pick up with you after all of this trouble is over. That was what they were asking. When you get in your glory, can we serve on your cabinet? Can, can one sit on the right and one sit on the left? In other words, would it be okay if we just check out of all of this suffering stuff, all of this trouble, all of this persecution, all of this ugliness, all of these raging, roaring crowds? Can we check out and let us pick up on Christianity after the suffering hallelujah you going to help me here tonight can anybody relate to that come on come on now you got to you got to give me some feedback can anybody relate to that that's what they were that's what they were saying they they got it. it it wasn't that it was going in one ear and out the other they were smarter than we've given them credit for sister mayo they they were they were smarter than what we've been, uh, given them credit for in the past but they they were saying we get it you you're fixing to go through the toughest time of your life but uh, uh, would you allow us to some way check out of all of this stormy stuff and let us pick up up with Christianity let us pick up with you on the other side of your suffering 
Hallelujah. Can we, can we, can we join you after you have made it through this? Can, can we, can we rejoin you after you've walked through this? Can, is there some way we can get around this valley? Is there some way we can get around this trouble? Is there some way we can push a button and fall through a trap door until all of this ugliness is over? Is there some way that I can get rid of this person who's lying on me? Is there a way that I can get rid of this church problem? Is there a way? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you, you don't worry about it. I, I'm going somewhere tonight. You just, you just ride the buggy with me. Is, is there a way that I could get rid of this thorn in the flesh? The Bible says that not once, not twice, but three times he went back to God and said, Can you remove the thorn from my flesh? Or is there anybody in this place that's made up in your mind? I'll walk with you, God. I'll walk with you. With you. I, I, I'm not here to be a pessimist. I, I am not here to be a, to be negative. I, I am not here to be a prophet of doom. There is nobody that believes in revival any more than I do. There is nobody that believes in miracles more than I do. Everybody wants the miracles. Everybody wants the hundred soul revivals. Everybody wants that experience of the veil rinning and the Spirit of God running rampant through the... Everybody wants people to get up out of wheelchairs. Everybody wants the glory. But I want to know, is there anybody that will walk with Him through the ugly in order to have the glory? Nobody in their right mind wants to suffer. You better not be too quick to jump up on a throne and get condemning about these two disciples. Nobody wants to be sick. Nobody wants to hear the doctor say that it's malignant. Nobody wants to have 25 people get up and walk out of the church. Nobody wants to lose a wife. No. Nobody wants to be lied on. Nobody wants to be cheated. Nobody wants to be at the other end of a scam. Everybody wants the glory. Nobody wants to walk with Him through the pain. I'm afraid sometimes we get around these giants like we've been around in this meeting and we look at the glory. You drive through Northwest Little Rock and you look at the building and you walk in and you hear the prayer and you see the bodies and the people and you're there and you feel the presence of God. But only God and the devil and Brother Holmes and his wife knows the things that they have fought. Nobody knows what LLB has gone 
gone through. Reverend Larry Booker has gone through to preach like he preached to this conference this morning. Come on. You got to walk with him. You got to walk with him more than just through the good. You got to walk with him through the bad. This is a marriage. This is a marriage for better or for worse in sickness and in health. We want the, the quick fix. Brother Urson, we don't want handful by handful. We want to snap our fingers and bang. Let's get to the glory. Jesus turns and he looks to these disciples that have asked a hard question. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I know the Lord's given me a word for this conference. I don't think it was with a sardonic tone. I don't think it was with sarcasm. I don't think it was insincere. But he looked at them and he said, boys, Will you drink from this cup? Will you drink from this cup? Will you drink from the cup that I drink from? Will you be baptized with the baptism in which I am baptized? Much deeper, more. There's people here uh, ten times more scholarly than I'll ever be, but I believe that we can all agree that there's something deeper going on here when he's speaking of baptism other than just his baptism in water. Will you? What does he, Brother Booker, what is he speaking of when he speaks of the cup? What is it that he speaks of, Brother Mayo, when he speaks of his baptism? It's the essence of his life. It's his purpose. It's his lot. My God, I feel like preaching tonight. It's his lot. It's his, it's his lot. The cup is his lot life. The cup is his purpose, his mission. A word that I use very carefully tonight but the cup, the baptism that he speaks of is his destiny. And after three years and, and periodically through this three years Brother, uh, Brother Mayo he, he's walking them around the peripheral of this. He is walking them around the perimeters of this. He's, 
He is, he is hinting at more than just blinded eyes being opened and lepers being cleansed. He is walking them around the peripheral of what his life is about. He is walking them around the perimeters of what his lot and his mission and the essence of his life is all about. And deep into his own cup, he says, will you join me? Will you join me in my life? Will you join me in my mission? Deep into the cup. He didn't just drink the cup for us. He wasn't just baptized for us. No. He pulls the cup from his mouth. Deep into his own cup. And he extends it in our direction and says, Will you drink also? Will you drink also? Will you join me in this cup? Will will you join me in this life? I'm going to make some statements right here at the chance of being misunderstood and misquoted. And I know we're on Holy Ghost Radio, but I'm just telling you, I'm going to say it and God's God's going to help us say it the right way where you understand it. I am afraid that we have put too much emphasis in Pentecost on an experience. That's about the response I thought I'd get. I believe we have put too much emphasis. I'm telling you there's nobody in this building that will jump in an altar and start palming heads any quicker than Cody Marks will. And all of these pastors will tell you that. I'll jump in there amongst them. There's nobody quicker. I'll jump in there. I'll lead them through repentance. There's there's nobody. I'll stand next to anybody in this building. I'll stand next to you. Cut me open. I believe the death, burial, and the resurrection just as strong as anybody in this place. But you better hear me. There's more going on around here than just an experience. Hallelujah. Am I okay? And I hear all the big, the big talk right now. The big talk is retention. The big, the big, big talk right now is how do we retain people? You pray 200 people through up there in Calgary. How many people have stuck? That's the big talk. How many do you have in your new convert class? Hey, Bo, what are you doing to, to keep people in the church? I'm telling you right now, one drastic mistake, one deathly mistake that we are making. And it's one of the main reasons that people are not hanging around is this thing has become an event. It's become nothing more than one epiphany. It's just become an occasion. Elders, am I okay? I'm not taken away from the powerfulness of this experience. But I'm telling you up front, and I hope to God if I can't get a hold of anybody else, I can get a hold of some of you second, third, and fourth generation young people. And I can get in your ear. And the Holy Ghost will help me tear down some things that are built up in your mind. There's more going on around here than just walking in here and talking in tongues and goosebumps running up down your spine. 
And, and at the cost of being understood, I believe that we must take a different approach in the 21st century. This is not an experience. This is a lifestyle. This is a lifestyle. This is a lifestyle. This is not a weekend lifestyle. This is not a three times a week lifestyle. This is a 24-7, 365 days, 24 hours a day. This is a life. spend more time not preaching about television and not preaching about fornication and not preaching about Hollywood if we could get off the emphasis of an experience and get it in our people that this is a lifestyle. Will you follow me? You don't have to worry about that junk. If you've got people that are following him, that's got to be more than an experience. This is more than just some kind of ecstasy that I get in and I work myself up into a sweaty lather and I stand around in a trap. No, this is a lifestyle. This is a life. I love him, and because I love him, I serve him, and because I serve him, I want to please him. But God has become nothing more than a spiritual genie to us. And people stay half ticked off at him. Because this is not a life. If they participated in the cup, if they... If they followed him at his acquisitions, how many times, Brother Holmes, help me, how many times you elders help me get through this tonight if I'm preaching truth, how many times did he say, will you follow me? Will you follow me? Will you join me? See, and you're at this conference and you're all tied up and knotted up because you don't have the answers. And the fact of the matter is, the answers are not our problem. The problem is we haven't asked the right questions. Ah, we, we want the glory. You come to this conference saying, just give me the glory. Just get me out of this.
Our candy sticks have become the scriptures, the escape scriptures. They that wait upon the Lord, and we've taken that way too literal. Without really understanding the depth of its meaning. And you come to this conference looking for questions, looking for answers, but the fact of the matter is you haven't asked questions. And the questions you better start asking. We're so quick to say, yeah, we'll take the cut. Woo! If there's a hundred soul revival in it, woo! We'll take the cup. Streets of gold, gates of pearl. No more dying, no more sickness, no more devil. Woo! Give me the cup. Deliverance from drugs, marriage put back together. New house, new cars, friends, a new family. Woo! Give me the cup. And we take the cup without ever asking ourselves what it contains. Oh, we'll take it. Yeah! My God, if the Holy Ghost would give me all the drugs, give me the Holy Ghost. I'll talk in tongues for two hours if I can get off the drugs. Come on, give it to me. See my bow tie, see my bow tie, see my bow tie. And nobody ever ask. What's in the cup? What's it? What's it mean to join him in his lot in life? Am I making sense to anybody? What you gotta ask yourself? I, I can't get hung up on this escape stuff and this glory stuff and this prosperity doctrine stuff. And I know I'll be misquoted. There'll be people leave here and say, My God, he don't believe in revival. But that's what some of you come here want. You want an escape message. You want, you want somebody to come up and speak some word of prophecy. And God's going to send this angel in. And he's going to pull you out of this situation. And there's a time for that and a place for that. But I want to ask you, have you ever asked yourself, what was in that cup? many people want to leave him on the road to Jerusalem and pick him up in glory because they want the power but they're not willing to really participate in the cup You thought I was going to preach all negative, but I'm fixing to switch on you a little bit. Yeah. The ugly stuff you're going, the ugly stuff you're going through, it's part of the cup. And it wasn't a sardonic tone when he said, when they were so quick to answer, they didn't even examine the contents of the cup. Brothers, and they didn't even stop to think what it meant to participate in his life or participate in his lot or participate in the essence of his life. No, they just said, just give me the cup. 
Yeah, if you look down in it, there's, there's some gummy stuff. But you ask yourself, how did he drink it? What did he drink? How was he able to drink the bitterness of rejection? Huh? How, how was he able to swallow? Oh, he was God. No, no, no. He was man. Or you can negate everything that happened at Calvary. He was all man. In fact, the scripture says he was tested in all points. Huh? I don't know if this is a conference message. I, I mean, maybe you should have put me during the day. I don't know. But you, you got to ask yourself, how did he swallow what was ugly? I'll tell you you, you, you. you have to reexamine his life and understand that everything in the cup's not ugly. There, 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 there's, some, there's some anesthetics in the cup. And there's some people that will never take the cup because all they see is the ugly. All they see is the storms. All they see is the suffering. All they see is the financial trouble. All they see is the difficulty. And so I, 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 went, I went to praying and studying and I tried, to, I tried to figure out, God, I've got to find three or four of the contents of that cup, of that, of that Alexa. I, I've got to find what was in that cup. What, what were the anesthetics? How could he swallow being rejected by his own people? Surely there was something in there that made it go down a little easy. And the first thing that come up on the screen is the anesthetic that all of us must understand that's in the cup in order for us to participate in the cup. You must understand that in the cup that he drank, his lot, his life, his mission, the essence of who he was, there was peace. We have too many apostolic saints, pastors, our churches are full of this. I'm telling you, I'm not picking on one particular church. I travel the country, and I'm finding. If I could put my finger on one thing and say, if we could change this right here about the apostolic church, it would revolutionize us. This is it. Peace. I'm not talking about a feeling. No, no, no. I'm not talking about a feeling. I'm not, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about uh, uh, some kind of sense, uh, physical sense in your mind. Or, uh, no, no, no. It, it, when, when I say that he had a peace, when I say that in the cup there was peace, I'm talking about something deeper than a feeling. It was a knowledge. It was a knowledge. He had a knowledge. The tempest, Brother Jackson, up here. And you go down about three or four floors. And it didn't matter how much was going on up here. Three or four levels down. How could he hear? They called him a liar. They called him a wine bibber. They called him a heretic. 
the very law, the very law that he created is God. They, they, said that, they said that he was blaspheming against it. No retaliation. No looking back. No reconsidering. No, 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 no record of him flipping out. No, 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 no. Oh, God, help me. No, no, no pills to sleep at night. No, no psychiatric help. No, 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 none of that. No, no, no. It was an inward peace. He was at peace with himself. He knew who he was. Who he was had been confirmed to him standing in the waters of baptism when that voice thundered and said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We have too many people that are still farming out who they are. They're, they're still putting feelings out on the water. They're, they're still worried about what this group thinks or, or what this preacher thinks or what that church thinks. And I've got news for you. You're never going to be able to participate in his lot, in his life. You're never going to be able to walk with him and live with him and, and please him and have favor with him if somewhere you don't hear for yourself the voice of your father and you understand, I am a son, I am beloved. He had a peace that was much deeper than the tempest. And the scripture says, as it were, drops of blood, sweat, stumbles into a garden. The bellowing, the noises that came out of that garden that those disciples heard. Are you with me right now? The struggle, the fight, the angel that comes, everything, the look on his face, the toll it was taken on his body. And he looks at him and he says, This peace I will give you. Not a peace that the world can give. Now I don't know, but I would imagine in the 12 that there had to be at least one cynic that looked at it and said, Sweats of sweat drops of blood, screamings, groanings. I don't know if I'm interested in that piece. But you don't understand. It's a peace below the surface. It's not a feeling. It's knowledge. He knew who he was. He knew his purpose. 
I'm telling you, if we are ever going to go forward as the apostolic church, we have got to become, we have got to come to peace and grips with who we are. We can't keep being defensive. God, help me communicate this the way you gave it to me. We cannot continue to be so defensive in our posture. When are we going to wake up and realize we have the message? We have the truth. We don't have to be defensive. We know who we are. pray that something would happen in this meeting. Come on, I'm being resisted right now in the spirit. I feel it. But greater is he that's within me than he that is in the world. I wonder what would happen in Summit if we could go home with a fresh revelation. I am his and he is mine. I am beloved. He loves me. My God, I can't speak for anybody else, but it's time I'm ready for Cody Marks to get to the place. I'm not worried about what this group's saying or what that one's doing or what direct. No, no. I know who I am. I know who he is. I know my purpose. I know where I'm going. Holy Ghost, when it comes and you, you get in the waters of baptism, you talking to all that stuff, that experience. It's more for you to just leave and say, wow, in three years, forget about what happened. No, 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 that, that was a moment of, wham, of affirmation. That was a moment of joining him in the cup. My life is no longer my own. I, I wish, I wish we heard more preaching like this. I wish, I wish our young people could be exposed to more preaching. No, 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 no. It's more than just a moment. No, when I'm baptized, it's more than just the washing away of my sins. It's when I take on Christ. Yes, it's the remission of sin, but in the waters of baptism, I take on Christ. And at that point, I join Him in His life. to change the way I talk to people, change the way I treat people, change the way I do business, change the way I handle my money, change the way I treat my brother. Is this too practical? God forbid that we put such an emphasis on the outward. And there's a time and a place and we need to get that right. But God forbid that we put so much emphasis on what you can see that everybody neglects what is not seen.
keep the scissors out of your hair. It's scripture. You better do it. I've heard so much emphasis put on that, and there's a time for it, and it needs to be preached, and it's truth. But my God, we've got to have more in Pentecost than just what's visible to the eye. What's in the cart? How are we treating one another? We'll preach to our young ladies to keep the scissors out of their hair and we'll get mad at the pastor 30 miles away and we'll take a sword to his reputation. You didn't take the cup. not the cup. He leaves the moment where's the inception of his peace. Hurrying. He starts discovering who he is. He starts feeling power. And he leaves that moment and he's immediately driven into the wilderness. You better look at what's in the cup. You better not only get the peace that's beyond feeling. You better get the peace it's inward. The peace I'm preaching about is an inward clarity. You better understand that even though that the anesthetic within the cup is peace, is that peace, that knowledge of knowing I am His and He is mine. You better understand. You better understand that if you take the cup, that temptations will never stop coming. I'm going to tell you something. It's going to take six months for what I'm preaching tonight to really play out. And you'll start seeing. This will make more sense. Every day that you leave, every day that you live after you leave this conference, what I'm preaching to you will make more sense. You better understand. You, you can't just... You can't just live haphazardly, just live with your head in the clouds. I, I don't care how many generations you've been in this. I don't care who your daddy is. I don't care how long you've been preaching. I don't care how gifted you are uh, of a musician. I don't care if you can sing like a songbird. I don't care if you got the Holy Ghost at four years old. I want you to understand something. The Bible says that when temptation left, that it left for a season. We get a lot of Pentecostals that get fooled and they get tricked and they get washed away because they forget to examine the contents of the cup that they've joined. And you get the Holy Ghost and you get off of drugs and you get off of alcohol and you clean your life up and, you en and you're enjoying recovery and you're enjoying deliverance. While the devil that just left is over in the woods doing calisthenics.
I, I feel like what I'm preaching tonight is almost elementary. It's, it's so sophomoreish, but it, these practical principles. People just, we're just going to keep living in escape mode. Just, just give me a prophecy. Just give, just, give me, just give me something. Just push a button and let me blast out of this. No, this is part of the cup. Nobody ever said this was easy. Jesus said himself, if you're going to follow me, you must deny yourself and take up your cross. And I'm not, I am not going to let up on it. I have seen too many people fall in the last 24 months. I have seen too many of my colleagues in the ministry be tripped and tricked. I'm not telling us that we walk around in fear. But I'm also, I am also telling us here tonight that we can't walk away holding our head in pride. That we are, we are inevitably without sin or without mistake or we can escape temptation. No, sir. No, sir. Brother Mark's greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. Yeah, but he said on the other hand, be sober. Be vigilant. You better understand that if you take this cup, if you live the life, if you live the life that he lived, the Bible says he was tempted And I see so many people washed away, swept away. I go to churches and, where's that person? You back it up, they didn't have peace. You back it up, they didn't realize that just because Satan left that he wasn't going to come back. And If you could have seen it when Jesus whipped him in the wilderness, if you could have looked behind the trees, There was a wolf that followed him all the way to the cross. And you may have whipped it. You may have whipped pornography. You may have whipped. Sorry. Sorry, Brother Mayo. It seems like the older I get, I, I can't turn the crank anymore. I can't. It's just, it seems like it's seldom that God lets me. Get up and just turn the crank. I, I want to make you people shout. But what? I don't want to just make you shout, though. I, I'd like for you to be here next summit. You, 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 don't, you don't take a Sunday school class and temptations go away. You don't, you don't get in the choir and temptations go away. You don't get the Holy Ghost and temptations go away. Somebody, somebody better stand up and begin to shout from the rooftops and proclaim again the message of righteousness. I'm talking about right living. I'm talking about clean living. I'm talking.
You're saved. You're saved, Brother Marks. I don't understand that standard. You better be glad that your pastor understands the cup. And when you don't understand the standard, you got to trust the pastor that he's looked in the cup and understands that there's diverse sorts of temptations. And so I know that's... got to find that peace that's below the tempest. We got to walk forward. If we drink the cup, we got to understand that within the cup there's always a lurking wolf. And we must live carefully and righteously and soberly and we must conduct ourselves the way he conducted himself. You don't want somebody finding out about it? Don't do it. There is something more disgusting to God than the charismatics. I know that's hard for you to believe, but there is. Because that's been our candy stick for the 31 years I've been around. We're always screaming and hollering what the cares. I'm going to tell you, there's something more disgusting than the charismatics. It's a form of godliness. And denying the power thereof. In other words, denying the power to do a work on the heart, if you'd allow me to say it that way. There is something more disgusting than the flaky charismatics. It's cynical, self-righteous apostolics who have everything right to the visible eye and their hearts are rotten. And I read over and over and over, and several times, Brother Milton, I, have, I, I find that before he tells us what not to love, he tells us what to love. I am so sick of the division in Pentecost. I'll say it again. I am so sick of the division in Pentecost. You'll get the point. 
a man gave the following account. I was rocking across the Golden Gate Bridge when I saw a man about to jump off. I tried to dissuade him from committing suicide and told him simply that God loved him. You'll get the point. I noticed a tear came to his eyes. Are you a Christian, I asked. Yes, he said. Me too, what a small world. Protestant or Catholic? Protestant. Me too, what denomination? Baptist. Me too, I said. Northern Baptist or Southern Baptist? Northern Baptist. Northern Conservative Baptist or Northern Liberal Baptist? Northern Conservative Baptist. Amazing, I said. Call Ripley. This is incredible. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist or Northern Conservative Reform Baptist? You get the point? Oh, no, no, don't, don't leave here and say, oh, Brother Marx is just this thing so inclusive. He just includes, no, no, you get what I'm talking about. Northern conservative fundamentalist Baptist, remarkable, remarkable. Northern conservative fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes region or northern conservative fundamentalist Baptist Eastern region. And the guy that's about to commit suicide replies, northern conservative fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes region. This is a miracle, I said. Are you a Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Regional Council of 1879? Or are you Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912? And the guy about to commit suicide says Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. Die, you heretic. I said and pushed him over the rail. You better come to the music. I have officially killed this conference. Why are you nervous? The world's going to hell. And we're nitpicking. Brother, I shouldn't even have to say this, but I'm going to say it just for the sake of the CD, and I'm hurrying. It's going to be a CD, not CDs. I'm hurrying. I'm not talking about doctrine. I'm not. talking about this nitpicking stuff. I don't care who you fellowship. I don't care what kind of cards you carry in your wallet. 
That's one of the reasons I appreciate the spirit of this meeting. And I, there, there may be guys that ostracize me for the comments I make tonight, but I'm through with all of that fetish, childish. What defines a man if he's my brother? Do you baptize in Jesus' name? Or do you believe in the essentiality of the Holy Ghost? Do you believe in repentance? Do you believe in separation from the world? Do you believe it's... I'm talking about these little things that we nitpick over. I'm telling you, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't care how. And I know I believe in the autonomy of the local church. And you preach it how, how, how that you want to preach it in the local church as far as uh, on a standard basis. But we cannot divide over lines that the Bible does not divide over. Period. My God, I don't know why I'm struggling tonight. There is a spirit that's trying to choke my voice out. But I've come to proclaim tonight that the most important prayer that Jesus ever prayed was when he lifted his head and his voice and said, God, make them one as we are one. My God, let's put our pads away. Let's get our spirits of skepticism out of the way. Let's quit nitpicking. Let's quit coming to these conferences with our arms crossed, looking down our noses. God, my God, who died made us the judge. I am tired as a young man, and I know my place, but I'm no novice. I've been traveling a while now. I know my place. I'm still young. I'm still very green, but I've had it to hear with the fault-finding spirit that is amongst our ranks. You're hurting nobody but yourself. Why don't you wash that acid out of your spirit and out of your mouth and take the cup? Take the cup. I have felt it here, right here in this meeting. I have felt people here looking people up and down, just judging, just, just skeptic. You, you, you're just trying to size people up. Just do they meet their, do they meet your standard? Do they, do they, do they fit your standard? Do they, my God, help us to get rid of all that stuff. Help us to get rid of all those self-righteous spirits. Come to the keyboard. I'm almost done. You get past, you get the peace, you get past the temptation. And the Bible says, how many, how many remember the night you got the Holy Ghost? How many remember the night you were baptized? Are you ready for this? Brother Mayo, get a mic. Let's close. Get a mic. Luke 4 and 14. 
Watch. Read it later. Just watch me. Keep your eyes on me. Let me let's close this. You, you, you got to examine the contents of the cup. Can you join him in this life? Can you find that inward peace? Can you live a life without marks and a life without exceptions? Oh, none of us are perfect, but I'm talking about those detrimental moments where we let our guard down. And the Bible says that he leaves temptation and he overwhelms it, and it's overwhelming, and he's... The Bible says he walks out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm speaking metaphorically because I understand it's been 40 days removed, but if you could just catch the visual with me. The waters from his baptism are still dripping off his garments. He's just freshly, he has just, he has just freshly defeated the enemy. Defeated him. Thank you, Brother Painter. You set it up. These people will note, because we're going back. There was a spirit. You said something, and when you said it, something ignited in this place, and I knew we were going to, you set it up. You confirmed where I was closing. You people, you, you recognize it. You felt it. You're going to recognize it when I, bring us, when I bring us back to it. He's full of the Spirit. Why? Why the baptism? Why the peace? Why? Why? Why the overcoming? Why? I'm, I'm still talking about, will you, will you join me in this cup? Will you? He stumbles out, water dripping off his garments, 40 days removed from his baptism. I'm speaking metaphorically. I'm talking in Pentecostal lingo so you can understand it. He's still got stammering lips. He's won a victory. All of us have felt that. Walked away from the altar with the upper hand. Read verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. Read. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. A fame went out. Stop right there. The word got out. He has overcome. He beat it. He got victory. He defeated the devil. Woohoo! He got off of drugs. God put their marriage back together. They come out of the world. They quit booze and they quit running around. They quit going to bars. Famed <laughs> abroad. He has overcome. I mean, it's buzzing news. He beat the devil. He beat the devil. He resisted. He, he won over temptation. He's full of the Holy Ghost. He's been baptized. He's, his father's a father. I mean, my word. The word's out. We've whipped the devil. Read. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. Yeah. Read. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Oh, come on, read, Brother Mayo. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day uh -huh. and stood up for to read. Stop. I started reading this and it hit me. You are fixing to read the first recorded text that we have in our Bible that Jesus ever took. 
It's the first message he ever preached. The first recorded text and message that we have, Brother Prado, that he ever preached. I've never seen it this way. Read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. Uh-huh. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What? What? The Spirit, what? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What? Read it again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What's he talking about? I just come out of that baptism. I've got that peace. I've got that affirmation. I beat that temptation. I whipped the devil. I overcome. I got my experience. I had my epiphany. I had my moment. It happened. It happened for me. But here's the reason that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Spirit of the Lord is not upon the apostolic church for us to jump up on righteous thrones of indignation and become pharisaical judges. We are favored. There is no doubt, Brother Holt, that the Spirit of God is upon the apostolic people. But it's not on the apostolic people for us to become prideful and full of bread. The Spirit of God, everything He's blessed us with, He has not blessed us with for us to come in our buildings within the confines of our four walls. He has not blessed us for us to come together three times a week and jump and shout and work up into an emotional frenzy. Pentecost was never intended to become a place where we show up to see what people's got on. He didn't revolutionize us. He didn't give us the Holy Ghost. He didn't give us the revelation of His name. He didn't give us the strength to overcome that temptation. He didn't put the Spirit on us for us to become self-righteous and judgmental. I'm not preaching right now for an applause. Hear me. Full of pride and arrogance and He didn't give us the Holy Ghost for us to become malicious. The Holy Ghost was never a permission slip to, okay, you can lie now. You can fudge a little right there. (laughs) No. He didn't give us the Holy Ghost, Brother Mayo. And I thank God, I thank God 
that you're not like this. But he didn't bring you where he brought you from and the others sitting out here. He didn't bring you where he brought you from for you to just keep coming to church. And, and 15 years later, the Spirit of the Lord's upon you. But the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And it's upon you to keep shouting over what happened to you 15 years ago. Not if you take the cup. Not if you join him in his lot. It's almost as if Jesus is calming the fame and calming the praise. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. That's not what this is all about. The Spirit of the Lord is not upon me for me to be famous. The Spirit of the Lord is not upon me for it to be blazed abroad that I whip the devil. No, no. Read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. To preach the gospel to the poor. Read. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. And of recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's why we're here. He went about and his business was writing what was wrong. I'm not preaching to you something that I hadn't been willing to practice myself. If you really drink from this cup, not only will you find that peace, not only will you be on top of temptation, but you're going to be doing your dead level best to make everything right that you see is wrong. Brother Urshan, I've had to make phone calls the last couple of I've had to walk into volatile, or I felt like potentially they were volatile situations. And I had to bite the bullet when I felt like I was the victim. Everything can't be perfect here. There is a perfect world coming, but it is our responsibility to create as many little spiritual embassies and to connect as many of those spiritual embassies as possible to right as much wrong as possible until the sound of the trumpet. When's the last time a broken person has stopped you in your tracks? When's the last time you heard of a pastor going through hell? And you got in your car.
Where are we going to go? What's, I asked myself 13 years ago, I've been doing this 13 years now, and I, I, I often ask myself, where's this thing going if all we do from now on is take this Holy Ghost and just keep shouting about what God done for us? Where, where are we going? We don't want to mess with snotty-nosed bus kids anymore. We don't want to go to the slums. It costs too much money to run a bus. I told a pastor I wanted to, I wanted to start, I wanted to start canvassing some apartment complexes and sending buses to those to those apart, apartment complexes at a certain time and start busing people into church. And he said, Well, if you just want bodies, he said, we can go get some people out from underneath a bridge somewhere. He didn't give us what he's given us for us to dress in nice clothes. We live so posh. I don't know what it is and not know where I'm going to lay my head at tomorrow night. Drive forty and fifty thousand dollar SUVs, live in big houses, and I'm not against God's people being blessed. But we get in these little, we get in these caves, and we burrow up in these caves, and we feel sorry for ourselves because of the hell we got, we go through, and that's all we can see in the cup. We get our brokenness fixed. And we can't see anybody else's brokenness. What about some of those people in the slums that you were in when God pulled you out? And see, we're so cold and callous, this doesn't even bother us anymore. I can remember five or six years ago preaching like this, and at this point there'd be, I don't know, four or five people beginning to wail across it. Five years removed, and you can preach like this, and it, it don't, it, the biggest percentage of us, it doesn't even bother us anymore because we become comfortable living like this. We got our brokenness fixed. We got our marriage fixed. We, we got a job. But what about all those other people laying up there on those porches? What about the man, the lame man that had laid there for 38 years? He said, I have no man. The waters were stirred once a year. Huh? There had been at least 38 miracles since he had been laying there. Am I preaching truth? Where were those miracles? Where were those men and women? Those were the guys laying next to him up on the porches. Where were those people? I'll tell you where they went. They went just exactly like he did. The first place he went is he jumped up and he ran, and he ran into the temple. And that's what happens to us. We run in the church. We fall on the altar. We get the Holy Ghost. God fix our bro he fixes our brokenness, and we forget to take the cup. And we forget that part of taking the cup is to whom much is given. No, we want prosperity messages. 
We want escape messages. We want to put pressure. We want conferences like this to be, uh, uh, we, we want to bring in speakers that can, that can hype and turn the crank and let's shout and let's bounce off. And, I, and there's a time and a place for that. And I understand that's part of our culture. And I understand that's part of who we are. And I don't want to change that. And I, I want us to have uh, exciting worship. And I want us to dance and shout. And we may do it before we leave here tonight yet. we get deep into that cup, we understand. What are you doing, Brother Marks? I'm trying to get some people that all you can see in the cup is your wrong being done to you. You want the glory. You want escape. You want to fly out. All you can see is the lies, the pressure, the ugliness, the rejection. Mayo, if this is not what you want, I'm sorry. This is what the Holy Ghost gave me tonight. Broken people, they don't bother us anymore. Broken people. Poor people. I'm not just talking about poor in the wallet. I've seen people who were poor wallet-wise, didn't have enough money to rub two thin dimes together that were rich. I'm not talking. You want to drink the cup? You're going to have to get in the business people. I'm not talking about one another. There's too much of that going on. We're so busy worried about one another, we're letting the world go to hell. We really drink this cup, Brother Mayo. We're going to have to get his vision, not just his peace, not just his awareness of temptation. We're going to have to get his vision and his vision was to seek and save. That which was lost. When's the last time you touched somebody that's broken? Oh, Brother Marks, give me something. Give me, give me, give me a, a sure word of prophecy. Give me something to, give me something to grab a hold of and, and dance and shout out of here. Hopefully, Brother Jackson or Brother Holmes has that for tomorrow. There's a time. There's there's a time that we pick up that handful of purpose. But I'm telling you, our Our vision of what we're here for is whacked. I got about four or five amens there. 
Brother Marks, you're being too hard. I'm telling you it's the truth. Our vision of what we're on the earth for is whacked. We are blessed more than anybody. It's, an, it's unimaginable how much we're blessed. But we've turned into whiners. We're, we're, we're so pathetic. We, we, are, we, are, we are whiners. We are complainers. God's done more for us than anybody in the world. And we are perpetual whiners and complainers. And half of us stay in a perpetual pity party. And God's saying, come on, I gave you the Spirit, but I gave you the Spirit to go and bear forth fruit. Brother Marks, give us a word of prophecy about revival. I am, go! Go ahead, the rest, the, the other 70% of you, it, it doesn't change the truth of it. I am giving you a sure word of prophecy. Get up, quit feeling sorry for yourself. Quit, quit complaining, quit mumbling and grumbling. It's part of the cup. Swallow the trouble and find somebody that's hurting. Swallow it. So it's sour. Swallow it. So it's ugly. Swallow it. Swallow it and go win a soul. Swallow it and go teach a Bible study. Swallow it and go knock on a door. Swallow it and go get a bus route. Come on, I need somebody to help me preach right now. I'm trying to close this thing. Swallow it and go encourage somebody. Swallow it and go lift somebody up. Swallow it and go provoke somebody to good works. Swallow it and go down there to the prison. Swallow it and go down there to the halfway house. See, we can't shout over that. That ought to light our fire. That doesn't light our fire. That ought to light our fire. We're saying, God, come, and God's saying, go. Go. I've already come. I'm waiting on you to go. That's who we are. That's who we are if we take the cup. Because that's who he was. Take it, you gotta take it all. Everybody wants to hone a soul revival, nobody wants to go. Everybody wants to see 50 backsliders pray through, nobody wants to call them.
We huck and buck and shout and dance over drug addicts and alcoholics being delivered, but nobody wants to take the time to stop and say, hey, let me tell you about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Join him. He doesn't want you just to believe this message. He wants you to join him in this message. Well, I might get swallowed this if it was from an elder. I'm sorry, I'm not an elder. This Well, if you'd have just had a different spirit, I, 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 come, come. Well, you drink the cup. They answered too quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what Jesus said? Oh, yeah, you will. You'll quit. You'll get tired of floundering around, trying all this other stuff, and it's not working. You'll you'll get tired of getting frustrated, being frustrated. You you'll you'll get tired of doing it the way you've done it for fifteen years. You'll you'll get tired. Thank you, brother Millington. You'll get tired. You'll get tired of just floundering around. Just you will. You'll get it. He wasn't being sarcastic. He was just saying. You don't know. You don't understand right now, but you'll get it. Eventually, boys, you'll, you'll get it, and it'll click, and you'll realize that. When, when, when are we going to leave one of these conferences? I'm done, but listen, as you're coming, I'm done. When are we going to leave those? When are we going to leave one of these conferences and actually go do? what we scream and holler about. When are we going to leave one and actually join him? Actually participate in that? Oh, are we above getting our hands dirty with the world? Paul said that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. But he backed up after making that statement. And he talked about the power, knowing him and the power and the fellowship of his suffering. Will you join him? I'm opening this altar. What's this all about? What's this Holy Ghost all about? It's time to get back to the basics. Are we reaching the world? Are we doing enough? Are we touching people? I don't understand the blank stares. I don't understand why this doesn't move us anymore. God, God forbid. I hope that we haven't I hope that we haven't gone so far that we can't even be moved anymore.
There's a world that's lost and going to hell. Somebody better participate with the broken. Somebody better get your hands on the hurting. Somebody better proclaim this message, this beautiful gospel. Somebody open your mouth and help help me right now. Somebody get a hold of God. Somebody say, God, help me get this. Help me get this. That's it. Open your mouth and raise your voice. There's a visitation here right now.